welcome to another edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. I'm Kyle Fredrickson, sitting beside Ryan O'Halloran. We're your Broncos beat writers from the Denver Post, covering the team day in and day out. We're entering week 13, Ryan. We're headed to Cincinnati. Uh, But before we talk about the game, we'll spend some time doing that. I'd like to really turn the attention to this Broncos team getting this late in the season, Ryan. It's inevitable. Players are going to get hurt new guys are going to have to step up. Uh, It's sort of a cliche in in all of sports, and we expect it at this time of the year. Uh, But in terms of being informative to our readers and listeners, I was hoping we could spend some time today looking at maybe three guys on this Broncos roster that we began the year, we saw them in training camp, we thought, "Eh, they're either fringe roster guys or or they're way, way down in the depth chart. And, you know, now week 13, uh, a lot has changed, right? I mean, uh, what do you sort of make overall before we go into these guys just about the health of this Broncos? team do you think that in comparison across the league they're in good shape worse shape what do you make of their injury situation well i think the unique thing for the broncos is they've been hit uh in very specific areas it hasn't been a guy here a guy there you know they've lost three tight ends and they've lost uh you know two starting offensive linemen receiver they've been fine running back they've been fine uh defensive line Really fine, uh, you know. Uh, corner, pretty much. Roby missed a couple, but when you lose guys for the season, what your hope is, you know, you have depth for a reason. But no depth chart as well is 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 built to sustain uh, these many losses. But the Broncos have been able to scratch their way out and find some productive play. Yeah, and what we're gonna find out, I think, is how well they've developed talent and how well these guys down the depth chart perform when called upon I think that says a lot about a franchise and how those players are able to fill in so we'll talk about three different players like I mentioned from the top Ryan and you mentioned the tight end group uh, really been the uh, the position group that's been beleaguered the most at this point uh, and next guy up is Matt Lacoste he's a player you're writing about for Sunday um, a tight end from Illinois um, who had kind of moderate college production and a, an undrafted free agent uh, he has 18 career NFL games to this point 17 catches Catches, uh, 193 yards with a touchdown, his first career one uh, in this past week. Ryan, what have you kind of learned about Matt through this process of writing about him, and how much confidence do you think this team has uh, that they can roll on with these injuries, Hireman, Butt, and, and get another receiving guy in Lacoste who, who makes an impact? Well, I think they have confidence in Lacoste because he's had to play a lot already. You know, when Butt went down uh, in practice before week four, you know, Matt moved up a spot on the depth chart, but you know, his first touchdown was last week, and you say, you know, the, the gist of the story is, okay, this is a guy who started camp maybe fifth on the depth chart. I thought behind Hireman, behind Butt, behind Fumagalli, behind Austin Trailer. Trailer was working with the ones during those practices. Um, but Fumagalli never got going. Hireman missed time in camp, so that provided an opportunity that Butt got hurt. So... It'd be one thing if they're just signing them off the practice squad or the street, say, hey, start. But they should have a pretty good feel. You know, Vance has talked about how he's a good blocker, but you can sort of see he knows how to work the middle of the field and do some things after the catch. So it, uh, it's it been a pleasant surprise. But, you know, these are what these guys work for is for this opportunity. And, uh, you know, for Lacoste, it started last month, and now it really uh, is uh, – getting ratcheted up here down the stretch yeah and it's obviously been a learning experience i think about that houston game wasn't it lacoste who missed that block on the third and two the emmanuel sanders end around uh that was very scrutinized i mean i, I know you talked to lacoste after that play yeah and you know the the one in kansas city 
with the Sanders end around mm. where I said, I, I said, I would bet a thousand bucks that guy was going to stay home, which you expected. He goes, well, I would have bet 5,000. So <laughs> that's a live and learn thing. They had a tendency. The Chiefs broke it. So um, I think where you're going to see him more involved now is in the passing game because he's all they got. Uh, you know, look for more 11 personnel, I think. So that means Deshaun Hamilton be on the field. Be interested to see how many t- two tight end with Lacoste and Parker that they do use outside of run situations. Another position group hit with a lot of injuries, offensive line uh, being that the entire interior of this group uh, is not what the Broncos have started out with. Uh, Elijah Wilkinson, uh, one of these guards, Ryan, uh, a tackle by trade forced inside uh, that fans need to get to know, right? At this point, I mean, that whole group inside I mentioned uh, with McGovern and and Billy Turner, I think through these first couple games, really impressed more so than than we thought they would. Uh, But what about Wilkinson's play has has maybe surprised you and, and and what have you learned about him since uh, he was a guy we had zero expectations yeah. of getting to know in, in training camp? You know, as I told Eli last week, another guy I didn't have on my projected 53. <laughs> yeah. He just laughed. Man, I had a birdie tell me about halfway through camp saying he's working with the third team, but keep an eye on him. Well, I put him on my next roster projection because they like some of his versatility. An offensive tackle by trade at UMass his whole career. Uh, had not played a lot there in practice either until he was forced to do it so slid inside you know I think uh, where he would admit his problem has been is sort of bull rush uh, in terms of pass protection because he's just not used to it he's used to a smaller more athletic guy trying to get the edge where you gotta use your feet now he's sort of got to use his strength but you know, I think they like his athleticism to, to move inside um, they've been able to run it up the middle fairly effectively so he's going to have his hands full this week with uh, Geno Atkins. While we're on the topic, Ryan, I mentioned at the top, but how surprising has it been that this offensive line has been as successful with Connor McGovern, a first-time you know NFL starter at center, didn't play any center at all at Missouri, and then these tackles who are converted. I mean, I, I suppose this is natural for a lot of teams this point in the year to have to shift guys around, but how have these players seemed to make it work these past few weeks? Well, I think McGovern... Worked at center all the training camp in 2017 right, when right. Paradise was coming. So there was at least a little bit of institutional foundation there. And, you know, I talked to Sean Kugler, the O-line coach, last week. I said, is there something to be said for a guy hearing all the calls right next to him? He said, absolutely. He goes, he listened to Paradise, make the calls, make the checks. Keenum's right behind him. So you slide over. It's a bigger responsibility, but it's not totally foreign. You know, McGovern is a strong guy. He should be able to push guys around in the run game. The bigger, the biggest surprise about this group is about the three interior guys. Is Garrett Bowles has played two clean games in a row. Jared Valdir has looked okay coming back from his knee injury. So, you have guys that weren't playing consistently, or were hurt, or weren't playing, or at now new positions. So, that's been. Uh, a pleasant surprise because what I expected is just like some miscommunication. You got him, I got him, nobody's got him. That kind of stuff. And so far, so good in that respect. Yeah, so obviously offensive line is another group hurt by injuries. Uh, 
one more that we'll look at to round this out with three players uh, who began the year as unknowns mostly and are now in pivotal roles, Ryan, um, at inside linebacker. Um, and this guy's a rookie. You know, it's interesting uh, we talk about this rookie class and, and the guys who have been breakout stars and Philip Lindsay, Royce Freeman, uh, the young receivers. Haven't talked a ton about Jewel, but with Brandon Marshall's lingering issues, Ryan, we've seen more and more of him. Uh, maybe hasn't made the sort of plays that make you say, wow, like some of these other guys like Bradley Chubb, uh, but has played solid enough to, to earn the trust of, of coaches and teammates, right? And, and that says a lot about a guy who's who's learning a, really a new position in a new scheme compared to what he was even playing a, a year ago at Iowa. Yeah, I mean, they liked him in camp. He was going to make the team. There was no question about that. But, you know, they drafted Josie with an eye toward 19. And, okay, used this year, not so much as a red shirt, but played some sub package, you know, learned the scheme. And, and that's what he did do early in the season is they're out there a lot, Davis and Marshall. So they started putting Jewel in there, sort of a substitute. Marshall goes down with a knee injury. He's missed three games. And Jewel's taking advantage of that. Where it does give the Broncos an advantage upstairs in the front office is now you can project. Do you like Jewel as one of your inside linebackers in 19? Okay, you have 500 plays of tape to evaluate that. Uh, he's learning on the job, especially in coverage, going against Antonio Gates and Travis Kelsey and you know uh, Virgil Green with the Chargers, all those good tight ends. So he'll only benefit from this. But the plus for him is in the run game, very physical. He doesn't miss a lot of tackles, and he's where he's supposed to be. That's why they're encouraged by him. For sure, Ryan, and that's some great analysis on, on Josie, a guy who's now made five starts already for the Broncos, has a couple pass deflections, three tackles for loss, so uh, not quite those Bradley Chubb sort of standout, you know, Pro Bowl votes sort of numbers, um, but certainly a player the Broncos hope to build upon, uh, especially if Brandon Marshall leaves in free agency. Uh, so on, on that note, we appreciate you guys listening in. I'll sign off for Ryan, uh, wrapping up this edition of the First and Orange Broncos podcast. Uh, of course, follow all of our content at denverpost.com and lead up to the game. Uh, you can read us every day, of course, in the print edition as well. Uh, and we will see you guys next time.